Canto Sixth of the White Doe of Ryleston by William Wordsworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Why not comes Francis? Joyful cheer in that parental gratulation and glow of righteous indignation went with him from the doleful city. He fled, yet in his flight could hear the death sound of the minster bell. That sullen stroke pronounced farewell to Marmaduke, cut off from pity to ambrose that and then a knell for him the sweet half-opened flower for all all dying in one hour why comes not francis thoughts of love should bear him to his sister dear with motion fleet as winged dove yea like a heavenly messenger an angel guest should he appear why comes he not for westward fast along the plain of york he passed the banner-staff was in his hand, the imagery concealed from sight, and crossed the expanse in open flight, reckless of what impels or leads, unchecked he hurries on, nor heeds the sorrow of the villages from the triumphant cruelties of vengeful military force, and punishment without remorse. Unchecked he journeys, under law of inward occupation strong, and the first object which he saw with conscious sight as he swept along it was the banner in his hand he felt and made a sudden stand he looked about like one betrayed what hath he done what promise made oh weak weak moment to what end can such a vain oblation tend and he the bearer can he go carrying this instrument of woe and find find anywhere a right to excuse him in his country's sight no will not all men deem the change a downward course perverse and strange here is it but how when must she the unoffending emily again this piteous object see such conflicts long did he maintain within himself and found no rest calm liberty he could not gain and yet the service was unblessed his own life into danger brought by this sad burden even that thought raised self-suspicion which was strong swaying the brave man to his wrong and how unless it were the sense of all disposing providence its will intelligibly shown finds he the banner in his hand without a thought to such intent or conscious effort of his own and no obstruction to prevent his father's wish and last command and thus beset he heaved a sigh remembering his own prophecy of utter desolation made to emily in the yew-tree shade he sighed submitting to the power the might of that prophetic hour no choice is left the deed is mine dead are they dead and i will go and for their sakes come weal or woe will lay the relic on the shrine so forward with a steady will he went and traversed plain and hill and up the vale of wharf his way pursued and on the second day he reached a summit whence his eyes could see the tower of bolton rise there francis for a moment's space made halt but hark a noise behind of horsemen at an eager pace he heard and with misgiving mind tis sir george bowes who leads the band they come by cruel sussex sent who when the nortons from the hand of death had drunk their punishment bethought him angry and ashamed 
how francis had the banner claimed and with that charge had disappeared by all the standers-by revered his whole bold carriage which had quelled thus far the opposer and repelled all censure enterprise so bright that even bad men had vainly striven against that overcoming light was then reviewed and prompt word given that to what place soever fled he should be seized alive or dead the troop of horse have gained the height where francis stood in open sight they hem him round behold the proof behold the ensign in his hand he did not arm he walked aloof for why to save his father's land worst traitor of them all is he traitor dark and cowardly i am no traitor francis said though this unhappy freight i bear it weakens me my heart hath bled till it is weak but you beware nor do a suffering spirit wrong whose self-reproaches are too strong this he from the beaten road retreated towards a break of thorn which like a place of vantage showed and there stood bravely though forlorn in self-defence with a warrior's brow he stood nor weaponless was now he from a soldier's hand had snatched a spear and with his eyes he watched their motions turning round and round his weaker hand the banner held and straight by savage zeal impelled forth rushed a pikeman as if he not without harsh indignity would seize the same instinctively to smite the offender with his lance did francis from the break advance but from behind a treacherous wound unfeeling brought him to the ground a mortal stroke oh grief to tell thus thus the noble francis fell there did he lie of breath forsaken the banner from his grasp was taken and borne exultingly away and the body was left on the ground where it lay two days as many nights he slept alone unnoticed and unwept for at that time distress and fear possessed the country far and near the third day one who chanced to pass beheld him stretched upon the grass a gentle forester was he and of the norton tenantry and he had heard that by a train of horsemen francis had been slain much was he troubled for the man hath recognised his pallid face and to the nearest huts he ran and call the people to the place how desolate is ryleston hall such was the instant thought of all and if the lonely lady there should be this sight she cannot bear such thoughts the forester expressed and all were swayed and deemed it best that if the priest should yield assent and join himself to their intent then they for christian pity's sake in holy ground a grave would make that straightway buried he should be in the churchyard of the priory apart some little space was made the grave where francis must be laid in no confusion or neglect this did they but in pure respect that he was born of gentle blood and that there was no neighbourhood of kindred for him in that ground so to the churchyard they abound bearing the body on a bier in decency and humble cheer and psalms are sung with holy sound but emily hath raised her head and is again disquieted she must behold 
so many gone where is the solitary one and forth from Ryleston hall stepped she to seek her brother forth she went and tremblingly her course she bent towards bolton's ruined priory she comes and in the vale hath heard the funeral dirge she sees the knot of people sees them in one spot and darting like a wounded bird she reached the grave and with her breast upon the ground received the rest the consummation the whole ruth and sorrow of this final truth end of canto sixth